0: Everybody. welcome back to another episode of Pod on You Loons.
1: I'm Justin. Pod on You Loons, this is Sam. Pod on You Loons, this is James. We got a guest today. He's back. I'm not sure how much he wants to be here.
2: <laughs> What's hey, up? Sam, how you doing today? Doing, doing good. Uh, happy to be here with all three of you. I think this is the first time that uh, everyone's been here when I've been on. Have you met each of us at least once? Over at least Twitter. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is the first time we've met. Yeah. Oh. Here we've been kind of chatting before hit and record, and I didn't realize that you weren't properly introduced. Cam, this is James. James, this is Cam. What's up, James? Good to nice see you to meet in person. Cam. Yeah, same, man. I, I met Cam on this podcast. I met James like ten years ago playing fantasy football.
3: Yep. I beat him in the final of the first year. He always he always neglects to mention that point. Yeah. I don't know why. Weird. He let the foreigner Just-
1: beat him. Justin, I know, because he went to high school with my wife. Fun group. And this is how Sam knows everyone. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he just brings us all together. So Cameron is because of Nate, and Nate is because of Justin. So you, Justin, you're more, you have more credit for bringing Cam on the podcast than than I do. He's just a Chelsea fan, so he and I text more. Mm. That's okay. Oh, no, another one? <sighs> No, we've gone over this. He's the only one I've got. Also, I I've, been really yeah.
2: yeah, I've been a Chelsea supporter since uh, 1995. So at least I'm, I was there in the bad times, too.
3: Gianfranco Zola and Di Matteo.
2: Yep. Oh yeah. I have their jerseys. I also have uh, my favorite player, who was uh, Gianluca Vialli. Oh, yeah?
3: Viali. Oh, man. That's, that's bringing back the names, that is. That's when I was a kid like a real kid (laughs) like kind of 98 99 was when i really started getting into to football because i was finally old enough to understand what was going on nice
1: all right well we got just a few news items before we really get into things patrick Wea of the loons he is in spain right now training with real betis that is pretty cool i don't know besides that just being pretty cool anyone have anything they want to add with that
3: I mean, the dude gets to play with a La Liga team, like gets to train with them. I think he was quoted on Twitter or he tweeted himself saying like, it's just a totally, totally different vibe. Like they have a totally different way of going about things. And it's like insane for him.
1: Yeah. I know Dane St. Clair has gotten to train with Aston Villa before. I think maybe Gasper and Dotson have trained overseas before as well, but yeah, it's pretty cool. This might explain why uh, Patrick Wea
0: was... Like hanging out with Emmanuel Reynoso and Ramona Bila in his
1: free time. Brush up on that Spanish before going and hanging out in La Liga. Hopefully he's laying off the sangria. Michael Boxall, officially out of the Olympics. We've talked about this before. He was supposed to be one of New Zealand's old guys going over to Tokyo 2020 because he hurt his leg or groin or something. They never really specified What was hurting, but he is officially out of the Olympics, which sucks. We are bummed about that, Michael Boxall. You've been great for us for so long. We are looking forward to watching you in the Olympics. With the U.S. not in and Michael Boxall out, like I officially don't really care about the men's soccer tournament in the Olympics anymore.
3: Yeah, fair enough. Makes sense. One day
1: you guys are going
0: to make the Olympics. I believe in you.
1: (laughs) It's been like the past two or three we've missed out on. Cameron, do you Wait, know why we
0: can't be successful in qualifying for the Olympics?
1: Because we're not that. I mean, we're all right, right? Like, we all should be the World be able to Cup. Do it. All the World Cup. It was that just was probably one Olympics. World Cup.
2: Dude, James, lay off. It was just one World Cup. We know when we missed it a while back, it was Caleb Porter's fault. He was the coach, and he somehow failed up to become the coach of Portland. That's, <laughs> I don't know, Caleb Porter just somehow fails up all the time. And so we can blame Caleb Porter for the downfall of the U.S. Olympic soccer, men's soccer team.
1: Gotta I'm, love just a random dig on Portland. I'm, I'm or, not
2: even
3: sure that's the first time we've even talked about Caleb Porter failing up in this podcast either.
1: No, I'm he's definitely sure. he sure comes that's up come anytime time Cameron's on. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, I did say <laughs> I've heard this before. <laughs> I did say he has the most punchable face in the history of the MLS on an official MLS video. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Oh, I love that. Yeah, like, do you have a t-shirt made yet, Cameron? Anti-Caleb Porter shirt?
2: You know, especially since he beat us last year in the MLS Cup Final with uh, his mediocre Columbus team that didn't even belong in the game, but destroyed us.
1: You know, this is probably bad podcast hosting by me, but I don't think we explained to the audience who may be picking up the podcast a few episodes into the season. Did we explain, Cameron, who, who you are and why we brought you on the show?
2: No, let's talk about it. I am Cameron, and I am the president of Gorilla FC, which is a Seattle Sounders supporter group. And so I'm here because you guys just beat us.
3: Yep. (laughs) You're here to be like the punching bag. (laughs) Cameron,
2: I
0: I I I give you credit for not starting with an excuse, because all I'm seeing is Seattle fans everywhere complaining about how what was it? How many injuries? How many, how many nine, people out of the line? Nine
2: players out, seven. Ooh, seven that sucks starters. so bad. We, we had to play a 15 year old at one point. That was an emergency signing from a USL team. No, I mean, hey, you lose some games
0: that, and, you Is know, that number 84 he, you're talking about? Uh, no, no.
2: He, he, he Atencio, Atencio is on our, our team. Uh, he's on the first team. There was a, a guy who came in right at the end of the game with Atencio. It was like a 15 year old, but, the
0: reason I bring that up is uh, I was sitting I've never sat in closer before. We were in the front row and it like during the half like the the reserve guys go out on the field and like kick the ball around and my stepmom was like that guy looks really young. So I think he was it was whoever it must have been your the, that guy cuz he was like kicking the ball back and forth number 84 that's why I ask. But just yeah, no, some we, really really baby face guys out there on the the pitch for sure.
2: We actually have a 16 year old, and 17 year old, and a 19 year old on our first team, but they're usually on the bench. But uh, we had to bring up two like 15 year olds from our from from Tacoma Defiance because of uh, emergency hardship signings. Wow, that's crazy. They
3: they, they mentioned that in the podcast uh, in the in the commentary. They were like, "Well, I mean, uh, Seattle's got uh, like one substitution that could play striker, and it's like he's like." 17 or 16 or something. So, like,
2: yeah, well, wow. it's, it's emblematic of a problem with the MLS, which no team should have to face is they play during international breaks and it should not be a thing.
1: I agree. Right. We just went through that with Ludd and Italia and Greg Greg-ish. Dane Sinclair is away now. Not that he was starting for us, but I, I get it. I totally get it. Let's, get through just a few last news updates before we get into the game and let Cameron kind of vent. Uh, (laughs) Right. It's I will say one of my favorite things to do. And usually Cameron, like usually you come on after you beat us, but one of my favorite things to do as a Packer fan is I love to listen to the local sports station here in the Twin Cities K-Fan right after the Packers defeat the Vikings or right after the Badgers defeat the Gophers. It's kind of one of my favorite things is to just hear them break down like what went wrong and kind of get all that out there. So we'll we'll let you, don't worry, we'll let you get into all of that because I think that'll just be gold for our listeners and uh, just a good conversation for the four of us to have. But Let's just kind of recap the Gold Cup really quick. So the United States beat Haiti, Martinique, and Canada, so beat all three teams in their group. They advance to the quarterfinal, which will be played on Sunday, July 25th, against the Group C runner-up, which will be either Costa Rica or Jamaica. Dane St. Clair will also be advancing to the quarterfinals with Canada, but he has no appearances yet. So the most recent loss on Sunday... When Canada lost to the United States, that had nothing to do with DSC. Your Forward Madison update, since our last podcast, they lost 4-1 at North Texas, but they did have a 1-1 draw at Omaha, which Omaha are the league leaders in USL League 1. So after 12 games played, Forward Madison currently has 17 points, which puts them in 7th place of the 12 USL League 1 teams, and they do have some games in hand. Finally, your Minneapolis City update. After losing 2-3 to Joy Athletic, which was their first, not only their first loss, but their first non-win of the season, they then won at Med City in Rochester. They are advancing to the Midwest semifinal on July 23rd, which will either be against Duluth or Carpathia, which is in Detroit. Yeah, Cameron, you got
2: Did you see the celebration when they won? And the dog ran on the field and celebrated with all the players. A dog ran out on the field and was jumping up and down as they were all jumping in a scrum on top of each other and was celebrating. It was the best thing ever. That is awesome. Was it Nate's dog? It it wasn't, but it kind of could have been. I mean, it it, it was the same kind, actually. Bosco, I could see Bosco doing that. Yeah, it it was really exciting. You should go watch the video of the the save to win it and then then the dog celebrating with the team.
1: Yeah, pretty sweet. We're going to have to watch Minneapolis City pretty closely here on out because it's the playoffs, and I know that they do well. It'd be great to see them make a run. You guys love a playoffs. <laughs> we, that's what Americans do. We love our playoffs. Sam, Sam, I wanted to point out, I think you. I think we missed some stuff. Uh, Foster Langsdorf,
0: man. How are we not going to talk about Foster Langsdorf? You know how much we
3: talk about him in this pod.
1: Yeah, It. It is a rumor. It is still a rumor. I haven't found a reputable source to back it up yet. But James, I mean, he's your guy. You wanna? I was googling.
3: I was googling very hard and finding nothing. Yeah. But um, apparently, there was a rumor that he's calling it quits with football and going to
0: be—is it a lawyer? Law law school? I I think. I think you're right. Yeah. It was something. That's a a great lawyer name, Foster Langsdorf, attorney at law. I love
2: it. Yeah.
3: Like a game series. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's sad, man.
2: Like, I hope that's not true. It's not Um, even for the reasons you think, because as a lawyer and a law professor, I can tell you, you should probably not go to law school. It's not worth the money.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Keep keep playing, keep
0: playing football for like, uh, whoever he plays for now. Foster, if you're listening right now, don't do it. Don't do it, Foster. We'll line up against him. Yeah. Sam, Sorry, there's I'll more interrupt you one more time. Sam. What? Come on, man. You, you hey, may some news. And we got to add something to this. I am disappointed you don't have anything about the Hizzy in Atlanta on here, Sam. Yeah, the big... Come on, the big CF. I know how much you hate Atlanta, Sam, and I'm disappointed <laughs> that you
3: don't have this on the show notes. Before we get to Atlanta, let's quickly brush <laughs> over the other things, and then we can let the Hizzy roll on. Canadian teams... Get to return to Canada. They're back. They're back to playing in their own fields.
2: Is Vancouver back? I know that the other two went back, but uh, last I heard, Vancouver wasn't back yet. Did they finally get approved? Well,
1: Vancouver is, they're still like working on their stadium or something, is what I thought I heard. But so I don't think Vancouver's as back. quick to head back, but <laughs> I'm guessing they'll be back by July 31st or October 27th. So
3: the, uh, the, Vanco- the Vancouver is back games. Right. we can make that work uh, but yeah definitely the other two teams are back uh, but I'm not sure Vancouver gets to be back also uh, some team that wasn't England won the Euro 2020 it's not important assistant coach to-
2: Gianluca Vialli by the way ah. there you go uh,
3: congrats to Italy though penalties England suck at penalties we all know that never uh, congrats to Italy I'm against that yeah well you know we yeah, you gotta give them some props Uh, Considering they missed the last World Cup, by the way, or they were terrible at the last World Cup, I'm pretty sure they missed it. And Argentina won the Copa America, which, fun fact, Messi's first trophy for Argentina. Yeah. Yeah. Finally got one.
1: Yeah, I think he won the Olympics with them, but yeah, besides that, which isn't a major tournament for the men's. Nope.
3: Uh, Yeah. Argentina are trash, apparently, (laughs) when it comes to winning anything. Uh, So it was good to see him finally get on the board. And then the Atlanta thing, which they talked about at length during the broadcast, by the way.
1: Yeah, so Justin and I were both at the game, which we'll get to in a little bit. But James, Cameron, you you were watching the broadcast, and I know that there have been a lot of articles going on, and it does seem like a giant CF is going on in Atlanta with their coaching situation. The, The reason I didn't put it in the show notes is, I've just been busy with work and stuff and didn't, didn't really have time to look into it. But what's going on in Atlanta?
2: Well, I can take this one because I've read the athletic article on it. I actually didn't hear it in the broadcast because I was hosting the official Sounders Zoom party. So I didn't have the sound on. Uh, we do that for all the away games with uh, the Alliance Council and Gorilla FC, but their coach turns out is super over-controlling and was denying water to the players and locked Martinez out of practice and and just alienated himself from the club. And now it makes sense why they completely fell apart. Yeah, he had, he had a problem with how much water people were drinking at
0: practice. Like That was one of the things. And then it came to light, I mean, maybe this was known already, but like he was at is it Valise Sarsfeld? I I'm sorry. I I don't know the Argentinian team names, but that's where that's where Franco Fragapane played and I think somebody and were else that eating played there. Yeah, like, like he eat- he would he would fine the players if they came in like if they gained any weight ever, they got fined. Wild. how?
2: The, yeah, he, the he doctors did. had to step in. The team doctors had to step in and be like, no, they have to drink water or they're going to die. Like, this is how bad this guy was.
1: And Atlanta's, like, way warmer than here. That's awful. Well, it's Jürgen Klinsman's time. Uh, Frank Frank de Boer said he'd take the oh, job. Yeah,
0: again.
3: also Frank DeBoer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: That's like, which, which dumpster
1: fire do we want to... <laughs>
0: Jurgen Jurgen Klinsmann also says,
1: "I will take the job." Right? <laughs> you know, yeah, that, I'm, I'm just going to throw this out there. I will also be willing to take the job.
3: <laughs> I will remote coach Atlanta if they if they need it.
1: You know, you went can... fly. You went fly to Atlanta for like the five months that they'd keep you if you're lucky. Like, <laughs> I mean let let's, let's yeah, face maybe. it, you're not going to last there very long. You'll get a nice payout and you'll be able to fly back to the Netherlands. It's true. Yeah. I mean, that that could work.
3: I mean, it's just, it's crazy. Like when you think about it, it's just, yeah. I mean, no one likes Atlanta anyway, but there's, there's, there's limits, you know, (laughs) like, also I loved how they talked about that. He denied them days off where Heath also just denied his play (laughs) like the loons like last week. It was like, you're not getting those two days off because we suck. We're gonna we're gonna work those two days. And hey, look, we gotta win. <laughs> right. But I think that's, think that's a little different though. Like
2: we, we always days talk. off in the CBA. <laughs> oh,
3: yeah, fair enough.
1: CBA is the, the collective, collective
3: bargaining, bargaining agreement. agreement. That's the one.
1: I do think it's a little bit different. Like Atlanta is right, like Joseph Martinez has a little bit more sway, right? Like we always talk about Jose Mourinho like why isn't he as successful in this day and age and maybe it's because just players have more sway than they ever used to so having that kind of old school coach kind of the way you think of like a Belichick or like a Mourinho that type of coach just doesn't fly the same way as they used to Adrian Heath is probably that kind of coach he just has much lower profile players so not saying that our players don't have any sway but they're not the national stars that like a Joseph Martinez is that can really like pull some sway over if a coach stays or goes.
2: I mean, I think you saw that in Seattle at the end of Siggy Schmid's not career because he went on to LA for a short time before he sadly passed away. But you know, he and he and Clint Dempsey refused to speak to each other. Eddie Johnson hated him. Like he was, we there's a, a documentary that came out where you see him just screaming at the team, like army style, you know, like that doesn't work with people I feel like that are millennials or younger, that's not how you run a team. And and we've seen those types of coaches in all sorts of sports. And when they're winning, it's great. But as soon as you start losing, the players turn on them. And, you know, and then Siggy, of course, went down to LA where he, uh, I think they already had uh, Abramovich, right? And uh, if they didn't, they had other big uh, personalities in the team, which he could not manage because you can't scream at superstars. They, they just, it doesn't work.
3: Nope, Ibra- Ibrahimovic is a man and god unto himself. You know, like <laughs> I don't know how anyone coaches that guy. To be honest,
1: you don't. He coaches them.
3: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> comes out with the team sheet. He just brings the, like the marker and it's just crossing off. Like,
1: nah, it's not gonna work. But our, all right, I, I didn't miss any other news stories. We should dive into Seattle. Yeah, you're good, Sam. We'll we'll, we'll keep people updated as the pods go on about the Atlanta situation. <laughs> all right, James. Give us that sexy voice. Give us the rundown of the lineup.
3: So, lineup against Seattle, played at home. We had Miller in goal. Uh, DSC is obviously playing for Canada. Starting from the left, we had uh, Chase Gasper, who is the only person, only player for the Loons to play every minute so far of the season. Uh, DeBassy, Coleman, and DJ Taylor on the right in his second start, third game. I tell you what, he looks good, by the way. Like, very solid uh, midfield was Trap and Dodson. Will Trap wearing the captain's armband. Uh, I saw attacking midfield Fragapane on the left, Renoso in the middle, Lod on the right, and forward was Adrian Unu. Subs: We had three subs, so we had we had something, which is good. Seventy uh, fourth minute, Hansen came on for Unu, which was amazing. 86th minute, Alonso came on for Reynoso, took the captain's armband, and also in the 86th, Finley came on for Fragapane.
1: Thanks, James. Just to kind of uh, cap off the lineup, we got in a note from Twitter from Sullivan Bell. He just wanted us to give a shout-out to Brent Coleman saying he's been playing out of his mind. DJ Taylor is a legit backup. James, as you kind of already said. So Minnesota wins 1-0 off of an 81st-minute Robin Lud goal that was assisted by Nico Hansen. Really nice nutmeg from Reynoso getting that ball to Hansen in the buildup. That's what puts Minnesota United ahead 1-0. But guys, was it a penalty before that goal?
0: Yes. Yes. Cameron Cameron knows.
2: (laughs) It deserved a yellow card for simulation is what it was. But he pulled him down by the, he, he had his, he had his collar. He, like He barely touched him and the guy tried to make a meal of it. I mean, th- this is a problem that I have with the MLS is they were letting them play that whole game. And so to call that would have been really soft. In fact, uh, there should have been a lot more cards given out during that game to both teams, I think. And so if you're going to let them play that way, you can't call that. I do think the league also needs to start carding people who dive. I just,
1: I, and, and maybe this is because I am a, right? Like we all were, except for James, we all were NFL fans before we were MLS fans. And in the NFL, that would get called 100% of the time what happened to Robin Hood. I was too.
3: I was an NFL fan before I was an MLS fan.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, you were not a, you were not an NFL fan before you were a soccer fan. No, true. Yeah, but like, and, and maybe that's why I'm. I'm just like he, he pulled him down by his collar. Like,
2: I don't know how that is simulation. No, no to I be fair, I the I, idea I, of letting. I him play. only saw the replay quickly because I was hosting the Zoom, so I didn't analyze it very closely. But at the time, I felt like it. Was, he he made a meal of a, a little bit a little bit of a touch.
1: Well, and I wondered that about so. Justin and I, we, we didn't sit together. I was significantly higher than Justin, but we were on the opposite side of the stadium when that happened, but there was a potential, like a lot of people wanted a penalty, I think on new earlier in the game. And I kind of wondered if that was just a lighter touch incidental. He goes down. I know the crowd really wanted a penalty there. I really wanted a penalty there. That doesn't necessarily mean that I 100% believed it should have happened. I just, right, I wanted the Loons to go ahead, so I wanted a penalty. I thought that that one was a little bit softer and thought that that one was a little bit more, yeah, I can see just letting them play there. I don't know. The Robin Hood one, to me, it looked like a penalty. To me, it didn't look like Robin Hood was simulating or anything like that. I was really far away in the stadium.
3: I mean, the Hunu one was more like there was kind of like the elbow and the arm in the back, but it wasn't really like you know, forcibly pushing, it was more just kind of there and then he kind of went over. Whereas this one was more, there was definitely a tug on the collar. Not as much as in the final where uh, Saka got absolutely like yoinked back. But yeah, I mean, I think this was probably more of a penalty shout than the first one, but I also think that they probably could have gone to like VAR to have the ref have a closer look, I think. I think if the Loons hadn't scored, I think that probably would have been a closer look where he'd actually physically go over there and kind of check it out.
1: Yeah, because there wasn't a stoppage in play, right? No. Before the potential penalty and when Robin Lud did get that goal, there wasn't a stoppage in play, so.
3: Yeah. So, yeah, if there was a stoppage, I think they definitely would have checked it out further than what they did.
2: I mean, in the end we saw a Minnesota United team that was the better team on the field the entire game, except for maybe the 45 to 60-minute mark. There was 15 minutes where the Sounders were energized and looked like they might do something. And otherwise, completely, especially the first half, completely lethargic performance by the Sounders. it, it To me, it felt like a midweek game more than a weekend game because it, it was like you're just trying to get through it you you don't, you know, you're missing a ton of starters. Uh, you're just trying to hold on for a goal. And then in the end, it took two bad defensive mistakes on two defenders in the same play to let that goal in. So
1: so what do we think was the key to victory then for Minnesota? Was it Seattle's injuries or was it Minnesota's play? And Cam, do you want to just explain quick, like, what was the lineup situation? And we, we won't, I'm asking, right? So it's not you right. giving excuses. So what was Seattle's lineup situation?
2: I mean, we have seven injured players that were out, plus two away at the Gold Cup, and Christian rolled on and uh, Alex rolled on, rolled on, brothers. So those are both starters. Uh, and then five of the seven injured players were starters before they got hurt. So essentially the Sounders had were down seven starters. Obviously not an excuse. They've been down five starters throughout most of the season, pretty much. But, you know, you were playing with a lot of backups who don't play together a ton. You had people playing out of position. But it didn't really matter. I mean, we've seen the Sounders all season long. I mean, they hadn't lost a game, and they've been playing without their starters. So you come in, and Minnesota is just the better team throughout the game. Seattle looked lethargic. Um, I I think it hurt Seattle that they're missing those players. I think it would have made a difference, and you saw – a lot of difficulty in the in, uh, just trying to get those shots on goal. I think that would have changed with Roldan, both Roldan brothers who make a huge difference. That doesn't mean Seattle would have finished because they'd still be missing players. But you got to give Minnesota credit, right? Um, I think, I mean, anyone who's heard me on this podcast before knows how much I respect the Minnesota team. Uh, I think you all have been underperforming all season long based on your talent, and by the end of the season that's going to turn around. So Minnesota played who was in front of them, and uh, you know kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And I've been on the other side of that where that goal doesn't go in, and it's really maddening because you knew you were the better team for most of the game, and you couldn't get that goal. So credit to Minnesota for for doing what they needed to do. I did I did have uh, find umbrage with uh, ESPN though, who or uh, MLS it was MLS Twitter who uh, posted that the loons were flying high. And I don't know how you say it's flying high when you beat like the C squad by one goal and a late goal. I think there's a lot, if I'm a Minnesota fan, I think there's a lot of room for improvement there, which I thought I, they say the same for Seattle, even when we've been the best team in the league a uh, lot dropped a lot of points this year that they shouldn't drop. So, but to Minnesota's credit, they kept pushing and got the goal that they needed to, even after maybe they were robbed of that PK maybe. And I want to say, too,
0: that that I was I was sweating at the end there because if it weren't for a great defensive stop by Brent Coleman, you know, that shouted out by that that follower on Twitter, I mean, Rui, Don was, Rui Diaz was about to score on us like he always does. Like, that was, I was like, I, I just felt like I was watching it. It was happening right in front of me. And I was just like, this is what's going to happen again. Like, Rui Diaz is just going to score right now and we're going to get a draw out of this game after we were the better team right? Obviously, like with all the, the factors in place, but you still have a guy like Rui Diaz that's still out there and can still make plays and score goals. I mean, it shows, you know, to have that type of player probably helps with this with this streak, right? Of, you know, that Seattle had of being unbeaten, having a guy like that, that, you know, that, that will step up when necessary, you know, Absolutely. just a great stop stopped it.
2: Yeah. I mean, he, him coming back from Peru, basically getting dropped from the Peru team was the best thing that could have happened to Seattle because he would... He would have still been in Peru. Well, I guess he would have been back by now, but uh, we had him for this stretch run here where we wouldn't have had him. And he's fired up. I think the problem with the game was that he, you know, he had Freddie Montero behind him, but Freddie wasn't getting much, wasn't getting the ball much. And so he was having to drop back as well because the, the midfield just wasn't strong. Jimmy Madronda and, um, and Danny Leva. I mean, they're good players, but uh, they're not Nico Lodero. You know, they're, they're uh, they're not Christian rolled on. So uh, you're missing you're missing them. And uh, so I, we've seen that a few games this year. And and it, it's really telling that Nico Ladero's missing because Reed Diaz has had to drop back a lot when he should usually be playing more up front. But, yeah, he's the kind of player that just absolutely changes a game on a second notice like he can just flip it. Uh, and I think it's one of the reasons why Seattle was undefeated coming into this game was there was plenty of games that we should have lost that because of a great play like from him where it rolled on that we were able to to cinch out a tie or a win at the end.
3: Yeah. And one thing they talked about and I saw like Callum Williams tweeted was that how good a job uh, Bukai Dabasi did uh, over the game because even when I was watching the game, I rarely heard Rui Diaz's name called. At all. Like they probably mentioned it like three or four times, maybe over the whole game. And there was the one corner that Seattle had and they talked about him. And then like a couple of times, but only because it was the two guys that you mentioned, uh, Rui Diaz and the other guy whose name escapes me.
2: Freddie Montero.
3: Freddie Montero. Because they got it in like midfield and they were the only two sounders within like 30 yards of each other. Because it was just like them two having to bring the ball all the way up, which they did a couple of times, but like that was the only time they got mentioned. Basically, the whole game. I mean,
2: Seattle was basically playing a three-five-one-one. <laughs> so you, yeah, because you had the two wing backs with two uh, center defensive mids, and then Freddie Montero was playing attacking mid, and then you had Ruiz Diaz in front of him. So there was no midfield at all.
3: Yeah, and it really showed a lot. Like when they were trying to, when Seattle was trying to clear the ball out of their own box and there's just no one there to help these guys out. Uh, Also, we didn't mention the uh, Franco Fragapane clearance off the line, which saved us a certain goal. Yeah. Saved us against the Seattle certain goal. Yeah, that was, uh, that was awesome as well.
2: Let me ask you all something. What did, what did you think of the interaction between Sissoko and your coach? I was wondering
0: <laughs> where to work that in. Yeah. <laughs> that was wild. He's a big dude. And Adrian yeah. Heath is a, is a he's, but Adrian Heath has got like a little man complex for sure. You know? So he's not yeah. backing
1: down anybody, but I mean, he yeah, he, also he's like really a Jack Russell his nails. Like, like, I mean, right. Like Adrian Heath, like he's an Everton legend, right? Like he's, he's won trophies for Everton. He's like raised in Stoke. Like, He's tough as nails. He he's never backed down to anyone, right? I don't know what he said. Probably something about him being on the ground. I don't know what it was, but he, he was on the scared. ground a lot. <laughs> he wasn't scared.
2: No, yeah, I, just, I mean, I was. I felt like he must have said something a little extra for him to get in his face like that, other than get up or something. You know, it's interesting because Sissoko, he he was a USL player. He's only came up because of injury. Since Nuhu's been hurt, he's had to come in and. Replace Nuhu at center back, and he's actually Demba Ba's nephew, uh, which I think is pretty cool. Really? Yeah. Wow. So, uh, uh, you know, getting he he had his he's like nineteen, I think, and so d- to watch him get up there and get fired, I was like, hmm. He he had to say something a little extra to get him to just get in his face like that.
3: The um the last name's familiar as well. Sissoko, there's a Sissoko that played or plays in the Premier League as well. I'm fairly sure for Newcastle, I think.
2: Yeah. I'm not sure if they're related, but they very well could be.
3: Well, we might be doing the thing like the way, like, oh, the way is related, not related.
1: (laughs) Hey, the website, the website told us they were related. It wasn't. (laughs) Didn't we find out they were related. They just didn't know each other. No, 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 no. They're actually not related. Like,
0: yeah. Is it Tim? Tim Tim's the good one. Tim was like, nah, he's not my cousin.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I don't know this guy. But, yeah, they were saying in the, uh, in the commentary that uh, that it, was, it would have been something that was something like get up, stop laying around, but with like a little extra spice to it. Like wanker at the end or something? <laughs> yeah, probably. But they were also saying like if you're Minnesota United, this is the time to just go on the attack and go after Sissoko as well. Because that guy like took f- like two or three Seattle players to calm him down. So you just absolutely go for that guy. They subbed
0: him off too, right, Cam? Yeah,
3: yeah. I think, they
2: did. I think he, he got hurt. Uh, that's the other thing is I don't know what's going to happen moving forward because uh, Brad Smith got hurt, uh, Suzuko got hurt, and I think Montero got hurt too. And I, I haven't been able to check today because I was driving uh, across the state to a different state. But uh, if those guys have any, they're going to miss any time. I don't know what the Sounders are going to do. They're going to start
3: <laughs> 13 year olds. Bring them up. Doesn't matter. <laughs> that's what I am saying. On the field.
2: We have we have our our U twelve and U thirteen teams are really really good so we might just have to bring them up and get them in there. Imagine like how like how amazing your
3: MLS career would be if you started as like a thirteen year old. That's like yeah I was playing in the Freddie, MLS like Freddie Freddie twenty didn't five years
2: yeah <laughs> yeah we're <laughs> was that Freddie Adu Freddie Adu and. Uh, <laughs> You know, what Diego Fagundes, he was great, but he he hasn't lived up to the, the hype I think he had as soon as he came in and was that good.
1: The only thing I would add before we we get to, before we close off this little tiff between Adrian Heath and Sissoko is I did like how all of our players kind of came to Adrian Heath's defense. Not, again, not that Adrian Heath needed that. Adrian Heath is tough as nails, but we were talking earlier about how these these kind of tough guy coaches the players don't always respond to them these
2: days, but our players seem to have Heath's back. I wonder if, uh, cause I don't know how Minnesota feels. Uh, I don't feel like, and maybe it's because of Ozzie. Maybe it's because of Tyler Miller. I don't feel like there's a rivalry between our two teams. Um, at least that's from the Seattle yeah. side. Now I understand since we beat you in the, the f- uh, Western final last year, maybe there's a lot of fans that don't like us, but I, I, your coach, though, that and just the way looking at him, he's just – I don't know what it is about him. <laughs> second second kind of most punchable a, face? <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, probably not, but uh, could 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 work up to that if it keeps happening. I, he, finally, he finally got the best of Brian Schmetzer, though, since they've both been there five years.
0: Cameron, there's a lot of fans in Minnesota that would tell you he has the number one most punchable face in the MLS, <laughs> so – if you don't like him, you, you can get in line with a lot of
1: a lot of Loons fans. <laughs> yeah, I, I like- love him. I love him.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Five more years for me. Five five more years.
3: I mean, we, we've we still got to go and beat the other two teams that we haven't beaten in the MLS now. We we
1: ticked off Seattle. Ooh. So See, we're down trivia. to... Trivia. Trivia. Are, are they Western Conference teams or are they Eastern?
3: I think they're both Eastern. Oh, no, wait. I think one's Western, actually. Let me, let me go into the standings check to make sure. And they say yeah.
1: Americans are Trivia. bad with geography. No, there's,
3: uh, <laughs> there's one there's one in each conference that we haven't beaten yet. Do you know who they are? I think I, I know put it in one. WhatsApp.
1: Yeah,
0: I, I know one because of the WhatsApp. Put them both there. No checking, Justin. Ooh. Come on, man. Have you played Austin yet? Yeah, we, we twice.
1: We, we
3: lost the first game and then we beat them. Yeah. Game. We lost when they went on that like three... Three game hot streak to begin before they totally tanked and like have not won a single game since.
1: I feel like we've drawn to the Galaxy a lot, but I don't know if I remember a win. Have we beaten LA Galaxy?
3: Didn't we beat Galaxy like in the opener of Alliance
1: Field? No, we've beaten the Galaxy though. The, opener, the opener of Alliance Field was New York Red Bulls. It was uh, a draw because I was there. Of course, you're
3: in, you're in the right. You're in the right area though. Think LA That's part of the word. <laughs> We've beaten LAFC.
1: Yeah. We haven't beat LAFC. We have not beaten LAFC. Didn't we beat them at home? Nope. I mean, d- sorry, didn't we beat them at their home with that Mason Toy performance? Nope. We have not beaten LAFC. I want to call shenanigans on this one. I think we have. Okay. Well, the other team is uh Philadelphia Union. Hold, hold on. I'm, usually James is the one looking stuff up. I swear, didn't didn't like Mason Toy get a brace and Speaking of Mason Toy, by the way, yeah, he has uh, a lot of goals.
3: Yeah, he has five goals this season.
0: He got team of the week, along with, I mean, I guess maybe he had a good game, but David Ochoa loses 2 1 and gets goalie of the week.
1: We beat LAFC 2 0 on September 1st, 2019. Oh, man. It was at LAFC. Mason Toy. Cam, I'm I'm sorry you have to sit here for this, Cam.
2: I just can't help because right. I don't know the answers since I don't I, I watch I, I watch as many of your games as I can, but if they're at the same time as ours, I, you know, I'm watching my game. I got I got this uh
3: of a reputable source on Twitter. Well not so too I'm reputable, feeling, I guess. Feeling stinged right now that this is
1: maybe this is they how it met goes. LA Galaxy. I don't know if we've beaten LA Galaxy. I don't have a memory of that, but I specifically remember I was at a fantasy football draft when Mason Toy... Got those two goals against LASC. I didn't. I know that one. Anyway,
2: I mean, if you, if you want to get back at Sam, we can just talk about how uh, Rodgers is going to sign with the Broncos or Dolphins and see how he feels about that.
0: <laughs> I think it's the Broncos for sure. That, I hope that feels like I the
1: natural
2: move. I hate the Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> we
1: we don't we don't need to talk about the Packers, but I am I am green and gold and Aaron Rodgers, whatever. Thanks for the memories, Rogers. If he goes anywhere, thanks for the memories. I'm not going to burn his jersey. Like I'll wear it again once he's retired, but I, I don't care what he does. Strong words. Okay, so bringing back our conversation to Seattle and Minnesota United. This is a silly question. Please, listeners, know I'm being silly when I ask this. Is Robin Litt our best striker? I mean, he scored the most
3: goals. Is that what counts? I don't think so, actually, is the answer. No.
0: I think Hanu's close, either. man. Hanu's close. Hanu's close to, like, I think yeah.
1: Hanu's right there. Like, he's got quality. It's just, he's got to find the back of the net. Well, you know, Being who, in the stadium and being able to watch Hanu and kind of seeing how he draws defenders away really gives you a new appreciation for Hanu. But Robin Ludd is always in the right place at the right time. It was actually, I was listening to Grant talk on his podcast about this just, I think, last week. He was a little confused as to why anyone would sub Robin Ludd off late in the game. Because late in the game, when you're trying to get a goal, he's always he always knows where to be. He just always knows where to be. And sure enough, sure enough, Grant was right. He knew exactly where to be for that connection off of Nico Hansen. Just beautiful, you know. Statistically, he is our best striker. Yeah, right. With ex- expected goals,
3: uh, him and Hanu are like the same. Uh, he just edges Henu on
1: expected assists. Right, and obviously Hanou was a late arrival, but Robin Lid was gone for the arrows. So,
3: you know who else is uh, very good statistically? Ramon Abila. Yeah, as long as it's not yeah, he's only started one game, but statistically, one of our best players.
2: Can we talk about who your best goalkeeper is? Ooh.
1: No. Next Probably question. Tyler no, no. Uh, <laughs> he, he had a great game. Yeah. He had a couple of great saves. I think he was our player of the match, according to the uh, broadcast. I'm pretty sure they listed Tyler Miller as player of the game.
2: I love Tyler Miller. And, and, The reason why he's not in Seattle anymore is because he deserved a chance to start. He was that good, and he wasn't going to replace Stefan Fry. You mean that's just not going to happen? And they sent him to LAFC, where they have terrible defense, and they just put him in a bad position every single time. So, I feel like if you all stick with him, he's going to be a uh, you know Stefan Fry, Nick Ramondo. Uh, you know, style goalkeeper that could be back there for a really long time.
0: One of the conversations that we had earlier, early in like the preseason when we were talking about, is there a goalie controversy? I mean, like Tyler Miller is definitely the guy that would be the long-term solution. Whereas what did we say with Dane St. Clair? Like he has his eyes to Europe. Like, yes, he could be good, but like he wants to take this as a stepping stone. But I think we all were in agreement. Like Tyler Miller seems like a guy that would just be an MLS goalie for a long time and be good for us so to see him having success is great but man dane st Clair is still pretty good someone's got to give him a chance to play i guess
3: did you see uh stefan fry's twitter by the way after the game because they posted a graphic of the sounders team and they Mm -hmm. had his face and cleveland's name so it was like, I'm half
2: back. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. And and the, the announcer, she kept saying, calling Steph Cleveland, Stephen Fry as well during the game. So uh, it, was, it was pretty funny. I mean, I get it. They're both named Stephen. It can get confusing. Funny.
3: Oh, one thing they also mentioned during the broadcast, which is kind of like the segue after Striker, is they were talking about, they mentioned uh, that the loons have had nine shots, and then there was the quip like, uh, "Yeah, we all know Kindra. How many of those have been on target?"
1: <laughs> yeah, that hasn't gotten better yet.
3: Yeah, we we really suck at putting the ball on the on target. Like we had the first nine shots, none of them were on target, as per. And then the last two, the last two shots, we both had on target, and we scored one. I mean. If I was Adrian Heath at training, all I would be doing was like, you're just going to shoot this ball at the goal to try and get it on target. Then you're going to run with the ball at the goal and shoot. Then there's going to be a defender and you're going to shoot. Like, just, you just do a lot of shooting at the goal with and without pressure because we're just terrible. Like, you watched Hanou blast it wide multiple times. It's just like, no wonder we have one of the worst goal-scoring records in the entire Western Conference. The only team worse than us is Austin. Everyone else has scored more goals than us. Like, we're just terrible. Like, Dallas has scored more goals than us. Vancouver scored more goals than us. San Jose has scored more goals than us. These guys are all, like,
1: bottom three of the table. We just can't score goals. James, we just beat Seattle. Let's uh, stop comparing us to (laughs) Vancouver, Dallas, and... Hey, James, all you need is one to win, baby. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, a Seattle team that I think had only given up eight goals all season long and only two in the one of play.
1: What's well, nine now? <laughs> Burn. So let's, let's just kind of close this off by Justin and I were both there. It was Justin's second Loons game in person this year. It was my first. And actually – because I I accidentally sat right next to the Seattle supporters um, because I was trying to find a ticket where I knew there would be shade because my wife is pregnant and uh, I, I didn't want her to get too hot. So I ended up far up, far up into the stadium, right next to the Seattle supporters. And I know that Cameron recently, he didn't travel to Minnesota for this game, but he recently traveled with Seattle to Colorado. So we can all just kind of talk about the stadium experience. First of all, Justin, how was it? I saw the view from where you were sitting. You were row one. How was that? Man, that was, that was different.
0: It was really awesome in the first half when we were on offense. Cause like you're right there on uh, the second half. Like it's pretty far away. Like we were in like almost the corner, like the, the probably like the Southeast corner of the stadium. I don't know what direction it was, but like in the corner, so when we were on offense, fantastic. So I got to see a really awesome corner kick by Reynoso, where you could see just the beautiful curve he put on the ball. Just a beautiful, beautiful perspective to have for a game. It, and it's just fun. Like it was so loud; everyone was so excited to be there. I'm sure you're going to say something similar, Sam. But like, it's been, it's it's been really fun to be at at packed soccer games again. After yep. after all the all the crap we just got through. Now, did you get blasted by the sun? Oh, yeah, so blasted by the sun um also, I was gonna say were did you did was was Seattle fans were they really
1: chanting everybody hates us at one point yeah that, I think they I they heard did that a lot they, yeah they, <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna don't worry I'm gonna get all into what the Seattle fans were doing
2: that, that is that is one of the ECS chants yeah also also you could
3: you could hear in the first half like I couldn't, but apparently you could hear on the broadcast Minnesota fans uh, Chanting "F Seattle." <laughs> like,
1: that was the second half. That was when That was Ooh. when Heath almost got in a fight. Yeah, it was real loud.
3: Yeah, it was. Uh, they turned the microphones off in front of supporters. Yep. You could still hear it.
2: Uh, you know, uh, if 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 Seattle weren't down so many players and couldn't afford that red card, I would have been okay with Sissoko going full on Pedro Martinez on Heath right there <laughs> when he threw Zimmerman
0: down. Oh, man. Oh, poor R.I.P. Don Zimmer, man. Is that was that his name? Don Zimmer. But that was Don Zimmer. Yeah, that Zimmer.
2: Was. Don Zimmer. yeah, that's
0: his name. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I, that would that would have been you know what? I would have enjoyed that, too, Cam.
1: I think that, 90, uh,
2: that was a 90 year old man trying to attack a Hall of Famer in a baseball game.
1: <laughs> now, so first of all, Justin, I did get the Barasa burrito. I, so I did get that. Yeah, it w- it was very good. It was very good. I liked that they had it pre-made and it was very convenient. I just went up, said I wanted a burrito, got it, went back to my seat. That was super convenient. So thank you for that recommendation, Justin. So yeah, I I get tickets by the Seattle Supporters because I my wife is going to have a baby in like a month and I didn't want her to be too hot. So I wanted to make sure that we had shade. So I get tickets as far up as possible and they're right next to Seattle supporters. And there were probably like 50 of them. And you know what? They were they were loud. First of all, they were loud the entire time, which at first I wasn't thrilled about, but like, as it was going, I was like, this is really cool. This is really cool that a MLS team, right? Like where growing up MLS wasn't even a thing. Like I remember MLS forming and even then, right? Like even then in Minnesota, we didn't have a team until five years ago in the MLS. We had a lower division team, but we didn't have an MLS team until five years ago. So to see that another fan base is so passionate that they send like 50 people that are screaming and chanting the entire game. I thought that was pretty cool. I don't know why they needed a megaphone um, for 50 people, but hey, I, I respect it, right? Like I, I respect it. You You do your thing. You do your thing. Um, of course, right, this was my, like, when Minnesota United played at TCF, I went to seven games each of the first two seasons. And then the following season, I went to five games, and my daughter was born kind of in the middle of it and then uh, stopped going to as many games. Uh, last year, obviously none, but this year, this was my first game uh, because I, I have a kid and I have another kid on the way, and it's just been, it's been hard to get to games. And, of course, guys, this is the first time I have seen Wonderwall at Allianz Field. And I was so excited for it. And, of of course, the Seattle fans, and I I give them all the credit in the world for doing their thing. I, I give them all the credit in the world. But the megaphone was still going during Wonderwall. And I was probably, like, 10 feet away from that guy during Wonderwall. So I finally am there in person. And I'm just hearing you don't like us, we don't care. You don't like us, we don't care. (laughs) I don't know. I'm I'm glad they had fun. I hope they enjoyed their time in Minnesota. But man, I wish that they would have just turned off the megaphone just for that and just kind of took in the atmosphere.
2: Yeah, they travel pretty well. Um, You know, the the travel outside of Cascadia matches. So the Cascadia matches are controlled by all the sporter groups. Like uh, I'm about to put up tickets for our members to travel to Portland on August 15th. Um, but uh, all other matches that are not Portland or Vancouver are done through Emerald city supporters. And so they kind of host it all. So that's, you know, there, we don't do chance in girl FC. We we're about building community, both inside and outside the stadium and using soccer for charitable purposes and building tiny houses for the homeless and, and stuff like that. So we don't, we don't have our own chance, but yeah, so that those are definitely ECS chants and um, uh, people people love traveling with them and they show up. I just traveled not with them. I actually sat like you next to them uh, in Colorado because I was there with Colorado fans uh, and so I wasn't going to bring them into the away supporter section. That was the next section over and um, had a lot of fun uh, watching the Sounders in Colorado. And I, that, that was my first away game for the Sounders that was not Cascadia. So it was cool to, to get outside the Northwest. Yeah, and you enjoyed it? Yeah, it was super fun. Um, you know, their stadium has kind of crappy concessions and and uh, is in the middle of nowhere. But uh, you know, it was st- it was still good to go out there. And um, you know, my uh, one of my best friends from high school is like the online editor for the Denver Post and used to cover the Rapids for the Denver Post. So it was cool to go out there with him and he knew everybody and kind of just just be. In it was weird though, right? Because that may have been my first full game where you didn't have to show a vaccination card or anything because we've had one since then in Seattle, but uh, you always had to show a vaccination card and you could only come in if you were vaccinated and everyone there just wasn't wearing masks. And it was a, it was a big step for me as someone who um, has been very careful for the last year and a half or whatever. Justin, have you
1: had to show a vaccination card ever? Um, I did when I went to the
0: hospital and they put it on my medical records. But other than that, that no, not not to get in not to get
1: in <laughs> any place. Yeah, I haven't either. I I thought I've been careful, but yeah, I I haven't had to do that.
2: Yeah, we had to um for I think three matches once they they opened it up all season ticket holders could attend if they were vaccinated based on uh state law. In Washington State. And so if you brought your vaccination card, either a picture of it on your phone or your actual card, they would check it on the way in, give you a stamp, and you could go in uh, and be in the stadium. Before that, I think you could go in maskless. No, you had to wear a mask all the time. But there was uh, there was vaccinated sections that were packed versus separated out like before. Well,
1: cool, man. Cam, it's so fun having you on these you know, Cam, you're I, I've said you're you're the only You're, you're the only fellow Chelsea fan I have as a friend, but you also like, you're, you're an example of just when we got into this podcast, I didn't really know what to expect. And we've, we've actually met people. We've made friends through this and it's been, it's been so cool. You've been on at this point, you might be our more most common guest now that James is no longer a guest, right? James is now a regular member of the show, but I think I think you're now the most common guest on our show. Thank you so much for being here. You want to just plug your stuff really quick, Cam? And then Justin, James, and I will get on to our Tokyo 2020 women's soccer pick 'em.
2: Absolutely. Just again, thanks so much for having me. Um, You know, it it was a little different coming on and uh, having to talk about a loss, but uh, it happens. So I'm okay with it. Uh, I, and I appreciate getting to see James over the internet now rather than in, see your face rather than just Twitter. So th- thank you again. I'm, I'm happy to come on anytime at Gorilla FC is the supporter group uh, Gorilla FC that I run out in Seattle. Uh, and um, we are a member of the uh, independent supporters council along with the um Dark clouds, right? That's the the supporter group in Minnesota. So you can, we're all doing a lot of great work there. Definitely check that out at ISC supporters on uh, Twitter. And if you want to get my personal one, uh, which talks sports, but I talk uh, a lot of politics and stuff too. So unless you're into lefty politics, I'd say avoid my Twitter, but at legal minded punk is, is mine on there. So uh, thank you so much for having me. And uh, Oh, and, and check out unincarcerated, the podcast, which is a podcast that I am doing with uh, the f- my friends that I run a film company with, that it's about, it's the stories of people who've been previously incarcerated and how they're turning around their lives and um, making society a better
3: place. Awesome. awesome, Cam. It's great to meet you virtually too. Maybe we can do it again after the 11th of September, where hopefully ah. we have another win <laughs> in Seattle.
1: Sounds great. You know, you and, know how and maybe MLS... you introduce us to this Denver guy too that used to write for their <laughs> newspaper. Oh, I'd, be happy,
2: yeah, yeah, I, I'd yeah. be happy to. Yeah, uh, I'd be happy to. Dan Boniface, I'll, I'll connect you with him. Nice.
3: You know how MLS teams are and playing away from home.
1: Terrible. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thank you so much.
1: Thanks, mate. All right. Well, now it's just Justin, James, and I. And don't go anywhere because we have our Tokyo 2020 women's soccer pickem, just like we did for the euros that was so much fun at least for us i don't know if you guys really cared as much i think our episode where we did the euro 2020 pickem, i think is one of my favorite episodes so i'm hoping you guys enjoyed it but for us it, it was just so fun to kind of watch those games with a little more invested interest because we had we had our teams that we are cheering for so Guys, here, here are the rules for this time. So it's it's a 12-team pool for the Women's Olympics. So that means that it's just going to be the three of us. We're not bringing Doomsday Jeremy, the fantasy football guru. We're not bringing him on. But this is a fantasy football-style draft. We have a draft order that is snake-style, and it is determined randomly. There are 12 teams, and there are three of us, so that means that each of us pick four teams, but here is the thing. The USA is a heavy favorite. So that means if you pick the USA, all of your remaining picks are now at the end of the draft and the winner of the pick will be determined by whoever picks the gold medal team. So the key to winning is to just have one of your teams win gold, any other wins along the way. Don't count towards the points whatsoever, as we did with the Euros. It's gold or nothing. You guys all ready?
3: Okay. Can we can we also just say congratulations to
0: Justin, by the way, for winning the Euros, Beckham. James, I I held back. I, I you were you were a sad human being after that game. <laughs> I I I that was, I was very definitely sad human being. I was definitely hope like I, I would have been okay with England winning. Um, and not having me be the champion of the pick'. Uh, but it was very fun to know that I picked the team that won in Italy, man, they were fun to watch the whole tournament. So I'm sorry for you, James. I hope I, I hope I did a good job respecting you and your sadness. Um, but but know that I, I was happy on the inside.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty much, uh, as my girlfriend can attest, like two minutes in England score and it's all like super amazing. And then uh, it's it just like it was like a, a linear a linear line that just went down in excitement level as we got nearer the end of the match. But no, you won in, the eighty points, eighty yeah, points not, overall. Not a bad effort. In fact, incredible effort considering that you had Poland, Scotland, and North Macedonia put up two points between them in the group my, stage. My, my
0: heart led me astray, but I am thankful for Spain for figuring it out. And for Italy for being the best team in the tournament. James, also, I just I I know what it's like as a Minnesota sports fan to feel that sadness. So I was not about to to rub it in your <laughs> face. I will, I will gladly Sam has Sam has seen enough championships in his sports teams that if his one if one of his teams is, is having a bad moment, I will I will make fun of him during that time. But not you, James. I you appreciate like losers. that, Justin. You like losers just like me. <laughs> yeah, he's an Arsenal fan. Although we can point out definitely
3: that Sam came last in this pickem,
0: <laughs> so much so uh, if Sam Sam if your team would have made it to the finals, I would have won anyway. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> if Denmark had beaten England, Justin would Denmark- also win. Denmark just seer- like is just Cinderella. Cinderella's through this thing. I still win the tournament. So,
1: yeah, amazing. But yes. Okay. Guys, I did a random name generator, and oh, you go. guys are teasing me right now, but I get the first pick. So Ooh, we'll see th- pick. Second Usta. pick. Second pick is Justin, third pick is James. Usa, Sam? So you know, here, here's the thing, right? Like, so if you pick the USA, you're basically saying I'm gonna have the USA versus the field. Now, the USA, their odds basically their, their odds are 50-50. That, that's what the betting odds are for the USA to win it all. The USA has won two-thirds of these competitions. So there have been six Women's Olympics soccer tournaments since 90, 1996. That was when the first one was. And the USA has won four of those, including three of the past four. Uh, they was did that, not was win was it Japan that beat us, I think? Germany won 2016. You might be thinking of the 2011 World Cup. Oh, Japan. that's what it was.
3: Yeah, the 2015 World Cup where the USA smashed Japan out of the park was the first time I watched the final.
1: So the, the USA has won two-thirds of these tournaments. So y- you, would, you would kind of assume that they have a two-thirds odds of, of winning. Now, the Vegas odds are basically 50-50. Here here is here's my thought. Here's my thought, right? In in the World Cup, right? You you saw the big threat in the 2019 World Cup, the big threat to the USA just dominating again was France. They're not in the Olympics, right? They're, They're not in the Olympics. The way Europe selected their teams was based on World Cup finish. France lined up against the United States too early in the tournament, were knocked out by the USA, and France didn't advance far enough into the World Cup as a result. They're not in the Olympics. Germany, ranked third in the world, also not in the Olympics. So while the rest of the world is kind of catching up to the United States as far as women's soccer goes, France and Germany aren't in the tournament. So I am taking the USA. I think that just given their track record and given how how strong they are, I am willing to take the United States I know that you guys are just going to leave me with whoever is left. I am taking the United States. I'm going to let you guys go back and forth on your picks for the rest of the draft. And I will take whoever you have left.
0: Sam, thank well, you for taking that burden on that, that just giant yep. burden of the, the heavy favorites. <laughs> can,
3: can, can, can we also take a step back and set this up a little bit more so that people understand what's happening. So firstly, the only two other teams to win Olympic gold of Germany and Norway. Neither of those teams are here. There are three groups of four. Group E, because group A to D was the men's Olympics football and they didn't want to cross the streams. Ghostbusters was on this week, last week on TV, so I'm right into it. (laughs) So group, group E is Great Britain, which is mainly England, Canada, Japan, and Chile. Group F is the Netherlands, Brazil, China, and Zambia, who are ranked 104th in the world, by the way. Uh, and Group G is the USA, Sweden, Australia, and New Zealand, which is an insane group, by the way. Yep, that's quite the group. So, Justin, your second pick, buddy.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, uh, I I only were prepared to pick USA, so uh, <laughs> I don't know... What to do. Uh, just kidding. Uh, I am going to go with, I'm sorry, James. Uh, I know that you live there. Damn it. But <laughs> but uh, Danielle Vandedonk has to be just, it's too good of a name to pass up. So I'm not even going to try to pretend to, to pronounce this Vivian name.
3: Vivian Maidema. I heard Vivianema. she's good. She is exceptionally good. uh Yes, I'm going to have to remember
0: it. I'm just going to – I guess I'm just going to have to remember her name now, huh?
3: Yep. I think she's, like, the top scorer in the women's Premier League, like, ever. Or one of the top scorers, like, ever. She is genuinely insane, which makes me very sad that I, <laughs> I don't get to pick her.
0: Well, you know uh, what? That's how I felt in the Euros, James. Like, I was, like, you know, pick four. I was waiting for France to fall on my lap. And then they didn't, and I felt really crappy and was just bummed out picking Italy, who ended up winning the whole thing. So I think you're going to be okay. I think you're going to pick a good one here, James. Well, I mean, sit, put it
3: put it this way. Since she started in 2011, she's played 198 games and she scored 175 goals. So she's almost scored a goal a game over her entire career. Uh, yeah. Pick three. Oh, I also get pick four as well. Perfect. Um, I'm going to pick... Uh, do I really want to pick Sweden? Well, I'm going to pick Team GB, uh, obviously. Because uh,
1: England is crushing life. Maybe they bring football home.
3: Yeah. So actually, funnily enough, uh, three years ago today, I was watching the women's Euros because they played in the Netherlands. So I watched England beat Scotland 6-0 that day and then lose to the Netherlands in the semifinal. And the Netherlands are current Euro champs. I think, however, I'm going to pick. The only reason I'm not picking Sweden is because a group of USA, Sweden, Australia, and New Zealand is stacked. So I'm going to pick Brazil because Netherlands, Brazil, Ooh. China, and Zambia, I think, uh, I think I can, uh, I think that's going to be all right.
0: Does so Marta for, still uh... play? Does Marta still play for Brazil? She was like the female Ronaldinho. That's what they, they built her as like
1: 10 years ago.
3: Yep. Uh, Yes, I think so.
1: I think she still plays for the Orlando pride too. Hmm. Yep.
3: Yeah. She'll be at, uh, she'll be at the, at the the Olympics. So I pick Brazil. That's my pick.
0: Okay. I mean, I got to pick Sweden because if I don't pick them, you're going to pick them and you're going (laughs) to just get them later. Uh, (laughs) And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to give you the ability to pick pick one of your homelands by, and I'm going to pick America's hat, you know? <laughs> I, think, I think the USA is great um, and I, you know, I have respect for Canada. There's a lot of times where I've told my wife, I wish we could move to Canada, but they won't let us in. So uh, Canada, all the way, Canada, all the way.
3: Fair enough. Uh, I'm just going to continue going down the list. I mean, I didn't pick. I didn't pick Sweden, um, which kind of makes this look stupid. But I'm gonna pick Australia.
1: You're gonna pick um, what I mean, mean? Sweden was I your love, second. I love pick
0: hearing pick. you say that, by the way, James.
3: Australia. No, I didn't pick Sweden. I left Justin to pick Sweden.
1: Right. That that's what I mean. Like Sweden would have been your second pick.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm gonna pick Australia. Uh, because I genuinely think we have a really good chance. Um, Sam Kerr is just... You know, Sam Kerr also played international cricket as well, by the way. Like, was a two-international 2, two international sport woman. And Sam Kerr of Chelsea. Yep. Sam Kerr of Chelsea. Well, there's three players that play for Arsenal. So there's, you know, there's a rep there. But Sam yeah, Kerr but is definitely Sam the Kerr better player. <laughs> um, and I'm going to pick... Uh, Japan, because I know Japan are a good team.
0: And they beat the USA before when it mattered. All right, Justin, (sighs) who are you going to leave me with? I am going to hope that when they enter the pitch, they do the haka. I'm going with New Zealand. (laughs) I would love that. And and also just, you know, in in memory of our friend Michael Boxall, I'll wear my Michael Boxall jersey while I watch their game
1: that just showed up in the mail by the way
0: Sam I got my Michael Boxall jersey now
1: nice um, nice yeah, yeah i got my i got my uh Hassani Dotson one right before the game so i got to wear that one to the game nice so i
3: guess the important question for you Sam is which order are you picking So you can say look <laughs> at kind of my last pick
1: did <laughs> i mean i am personally very excited to have china I I did not think China would still be there. I I know that they're ranked 15th in the world, but I'm going to take China first, and then we'll we'll go Chile and Zambia. Chile has that goalkeeper. I forget her name, but I remember in the World Cup in 2019, the United States played Chile, and she played out of her mind. And I know that she's still the goalie for Chile. So that'll at least be fun. I I know that Chile and and Zambia are are ranked significantly lower than kind of the rest of the field, but that that goalkeeper for Chile.
3: Yeah, it's um Christiane Endler.
1: She's their captain yeah. as well. Yep. Outstanding.
3: Only twenty nine. She's only twenty nine. She's got a lot of uh she's got a lot of uh game left.
1: So let's do the recap of our portfolios here. So Sam I'll, I'll go randomly I'll go first. going first. Yeah whatever guys I just lost the euro so I have the USA so it's pretty much if the USA win I I'm, I'm good because I don't I don't really have much else I have the USA I have China I have Chile and I have Zambia Justin who do you got I got the Dutch
0: the Swedes America's hat and New Zealand Kiwis the Kiwis Kiwis yeah, uh, th- better than Australia, right? Like, aren't they better? Is that <laughs> no? <laughs> is there a rivalry? Is there any no, no. sort of rivalry? Rivalry between Australia, and New Zealand,
3: very much so in every sport you can imagine. Really, rugby, hockey, football, everything. There's cricket. Everything is a rivalry. There's no. There's no sport where there's not a rivalry. Basketball, netball. We call it the trans-Tasman rivalry because the Tasman Sea is the one in between us. Mm, Nice. Yeah. So the trans-Tasman rivalry is alive in every single sport (laughs) that we we play against each other. And uh, yeah, I got uh, Team GB, Great Britain, uh, Brazil, Australia, and
1: Japan. I like that. That's strong. And you have two of the countries you have citizenship for. That's pretty sweet. Yep. So you didn't get you didn't get the Netherlands, but yeah,
3: no. Nah, th- honestly, like if the US are to choke at all, I totally believe the Netherlands will be there to pick up the pieces. So
1: they're Euro champs, and they are a very good team. Well, very cool. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed the episode. A little bit of everything we had. <laughs> A lot of news, including some exciting news for Minneapolis City and a little CF going on in Atlanta. We we had a nice Seattle recap with our friend Cameron from Gorilla FC. I'll put his I'll put his like Twitter information in the show notes if you want to look him up. He's a fun follow. And then we had our Tokyo 2020 women's soccer pick'em draft. So Let us know how you did. I'll probably put a poll out. But guys, we got a lot of soccer coming up. We've kind of felt a void since the Euros. And now all that soccer is coming back. It's just a matter of will we be awake for it? So first, U.S. Women's National Team versus Sweden Wednesday, July 21st at 3.30 a.m. Then Minneapolis City in the Midwest semifinal. Friday, July 23rd. I'm guessing that'll be nighttime sometime on Friday night. U.S. Women's National Team back against New Zealand Saturday, Saturday, July 24th, 6.30 a.m. So that's a little bit more reasonable. Then Minnesota United host Portland Saturday, July 24th, 7 p.m. U.S. Women's National Team closes off the group stage against Australia Tuesday, July 27th, 3 AM. So Justin, you and I at least are going to have to figure out, are we recording? Are we just going to stay up late because we're teachers during the summer? I I, I don't know, man.
3: Well, Welcome to my life when games are on some <laughs> crack early time in the morning and you got to decide what you're going to do with your life.
1: Yep. We will see. I'm probably going to record. <laughs> I'm yes, probably recording. Same, same here. Same here.
3: Oh, the 6.30 one you can get up for, right?
1: Yeah, I'll get up for the six thirty one. That's a Saturday, too. I have a two-year-old. I'm never never still sleeping at 6.30. Well, guys, it's been fun. Nothing much else to say. It's been a good show today. Uh, We'll be back after the Portland game to kind of wrap that up. Maybe we'll get Nate on. We didn't get Nate on the last one. But anyway, guys, until next time, peace out and pot on you, loons. Pot on you, loons.
3: Pot on you, loons. Peace.